Welcome to Food and Loathing, coming to you from the city that is once again the trade show capital of the world, or at least the trade show capital of my world, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Fresh off visits to the International Pizza Expo, the Bar and Restaurant Expo, the World Tea Conference, and some other show that, honestly, I can't even remember the name. There's like lawnmowers involved, right? <laughs> Something cool. I don't, emerging trends. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm your host, Al Mancini, and boy, are my feet tired. <laughs> God, gentlemen, man, that new... Well, let's yeah. introduce the gentleman first, I suppose, and I'll tell you about walking around that trade hall. Co-hosting the show with me once again this week is the one and only Rick Moon. And Rick, hello. Hey, hey, guys. How's it going? And making our voices sound so very, very sweet and musical is our producer, the inimitable Rich Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you feeling today, this gorgeous March morning on the beautiful Moon and Ranch? <sighs> Absolutely. I love this time of year. You know, it's just so pleasant to be outside. In a rare uh, day in which I did not just roll back asleep at 6 and 7 and 7.30 and 8. I've been up since 6 and I have enjoyed this immensely, knowing it's one of the last days I can wear even a a very light sweater. No, man. It's supposed to be getting hot today. No, I got on my Neon Feast uh, t-shirt, man. You look fire, baby. (laughs) I'm feeling good. Fuego. (laughs) Oh, man. Time to talk about what we've done this week. Let's start with you before I talk about how my feet are killing me from yesterday. Um, Rick, you're first. What have you uh, been up to, man? What have I been doing? Um, this week I've been working a lot in my at, at the ranch here, you know, just my job, you know, doing uh, some recipe development. But in the interim, I had a business meeting at Milos. That seems to be my favorite place to have a, a luncheon meeting. I yeah. don't know why. It's just everything about it is perfect for me. You know, in and out's easy, and it's just a great experience. So at the Milos, and uh, you did, know what people forget, I think, is that Venetian Palazzo. Let's give them their props. Still a free valet parking over there. Yeah, and I like. Oh that. yeah, I like to be able to get in and out for free. I agree. I agree. And then uh, I did a charity dinner over the weekend. Uh, flew out for a day. Did a big quick dinner for Tilly's. Tilly's Life, life uh, I forget the name of the charity. That's really poor <laughs> of me. But anyway, Tilly's, you know, it's a great people, and I just flew out to Orange County, did dinner. So I've, I've been busy running around, but uh, haven't had a chance to dive into all the amazing things that are going on in Las Vegas right now. Well, we're going to have to start going out together a bit more. Yes, we do. He doesn't like to be seen in public yeah. with me. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Rich, what have you been up to, man, before we get to um, yeah. our time together at the Pizza Expo pre-party? Yeah. Where else have you been this week? I was jonesing for uh, Korean food this past week, and I really wanted to expand beyond our usual joint, which is a really wonderful place, Moo up on the Centennial near 95. So we fired up the Neon Feast app and found a honey pig. <laughs> Cool. We did lunch at the Spring Mountain version. I have to say uh, there were there were some mixed feelings. I love the space and the small round tables instead of the big rectangular things. You can put four people. You can even put six in there if you, if you wanted to, with a cast iron grill for cooking the meats. Uh, maybe it was a lunch thing, but um, we only got four side dishes. Usually you get six or eight. Usually dishes. it's an, first of all, it's usually an odd number. Oh, is something it? about that in, in oh. Korean cuisine. And why am I singeing? What is the word for those Korean condiments that come out? That yeah, oh, the B, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all, everybody's <laughs> yelling. They're throwing shit hey, at yeah. their. Did you see? But I, I love podcast. honey pig. I, yeah. I I've eaten honey pig many, many times. People yeah. come to Las Vegas. I bring them. There. The the upside is that they were all really good pickled things, and none went to waste. Great we kimchi. Polished off the four things. The kimchi was interesting, and bean sprouts were part of the meal. Mm-hmm. But they put them on the grill. Yep. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to cold. I kind of think I liked cold. I appreciated the hot and, no, no, and gave it a no, shot. No, you're it doing seemed it wrong. like the hot. <laughs> it's doing seemed, it wrong. It seemed like the hot kimchi dialed down the spiciness. No, here's what you do, Rich. Yeah, you, get, okay. you get the you get the jalapenos and the garlic, and you put them on that hot garbage can lid that's uh, in front. I didn't get any of those. No, you, uh, you asked for them, oh, and you, okay. you ask for lettuce what? cups, and you take a lettuce cup, uh, you put you some see, of the meat yeah, in yeah. there, mm-hmm. some of the goo-goo, you know, the yeah, salty yeah, yeah. stuff, and, 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 you, and you pile on the hot kimchi, the beans, mm-hmm. and you eat it like a, like a lettuce Like a wrap. little lettuce wrap to a okay. taco thing. Yeah, now you got it. Right. All right. Good. So uh, I like the service because instead of having a, you know, turn things myself they came back a lot and turned it all over the bulgogi and the chicken and all that i thought maybe the grill wasn't hot enough because it was seated like it was boiling for a while but with time i got a nice char on all the stuff and it was it was good 
you uh, actively participate in the cooking part? Not so much. Things they didn't really let me. Oh, I do it. Uh, <laughs> you just do, do it, it anyway. <laughs> I turned a few things. I don't worry about it. All right. Well, look, um, so I'm, I'll come back to, to Honey Pig, but I want to check out two or three more <laughs> Korean places on Spring Mountain before I do. I got to say, we're still building out the um, Korean section on Neon Feast. I did the survey. There were about six or seven places that got a lot of recommendations, Honey Pig being one of them. I think, mm-hmm. Rick, you may have been one of the people yeah, that recommended probably. it. Yeah. I know Rob Cashel Rice did, but there are about six or seven that we're building. Problem is a lot of them are really obscure and mm-hmm. among my writers the people that i hired to help write me these entries right. a lot of us hadn't been to these places right nope. so we're going yeah. out so that we so we're still building out that app and we hope to have more but um and the one the one major indoor thing this week because i was to talk about what we cooked uh joanna made a belgian beef stew i found this porter with chocolate and it. it was a uk made thing of oversized pint of uh, beer of a bock yeah no, it's good. Put that in there. No, no, uh, um, no beef stock. No, uh, we probably could have used a little tomato paste for a little acidity, but uh, it was a nice, neat, different kind of beef stew Flemish, flavor. They call it Flemish. Flemish. Yes. yes it's Flemish. Did you get any of that beef from your friends at Featherblade, who you mentioned just? No, nah, that was week? a whole foods food, a bit. I'm Lust. just bringing that up Chuck because roast, yeah. I noticed they're looking for a new butcher. He was advertising. He <laughs> Is was, that he right? Was I hear on Salt Bay's looking, looking, yeah. <laughs> looking for some side work. Salt looking for people that he can take their tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, about those tips. Uh, oh. I don't know. That's a whole thing, a man. I, I don't know enough about that to get into it. Anyway. Um, I spent a lot of this week at the Pizza Expo, the bar and restaurant show. Uh, before I get into that, um, I want to do some other stuff. T-Mobile Arena. I was there for one of the few recent Golden Knights games that was actually fun uh, to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. They won when I was there Saturday Ouch. afternoon against the Kings. And, you know, I had been mentioning that I've been to pizza, that I've been over there, and I saw this new spot called um, Sausage Forte. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, we know Pizza Forte is from our friend Mimo Ferraro. Right. Ferraro is a family that has had an Italian restaurant in Las Vegas forever. And um, we love Pizza Forte as well. And they, they've always been at T Mobile. So they have Sausage Forte. It's now at section 104, mm-hmm. directly under my seat. So um, I had to eat it. it, right? I, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, that. that so I, before I posted it on, on social media, and I'll tell you, I just loved it. I did the Italian sausage. Uh, it reminded me. You know, I'd love to say it reminded me of San Gennaro Festival and be all cool. But honestly, it reminded me more of, because I never went that frequently to San Gennaro Festival when I lived in New York. Um, But it reminded me of a a South Jersey church carnival where you'd get it or maybe the Wildwood, (laughs) New Jersey boardwalk, right? Now, that to me was where I got sausage and peppers. And it reminded me of that. I ate it in my seat watching the Knights win. um, And it was good. But I posted that I wanted to hear some more about it on social media. Then I bumped into Mimo Ferraro at a party that I was at for. Um, slice out hunger, a pizza benefit. So um, here's a bit of Mimo explaining what's going on with Pizza Forte. When I went into the arena before they reopened to the public, they were running Section 19, uh, which used to be Latin Fusion Grill. They were running their own, just called the Grill. So I offered to take the location over and just run a sausage concept under the grill name until they found somebody to come over and take over the location of the sponsorship. And I think that's where I saw it first. It yes. was over there, right? Which has now been taken over by um, the Border Grill people with uh, Pancho Mama and Barbecue Mexicana. Yes. Great, great guys, great product. And then they offered us a couple different uh, sausage locations, sausage carts. So we opened up the first one to see how it went over there at section uh, 104. And we're doing five or six different sausages per event. And I work with a company and partnered up with a company in upstate New York, Syracuse, called Hoffman Sausage Company. Been around since uh, 1872. Just a solid product. Original rest, German recipes from, from then. Uh, never compromised. No fillers, no preservatives. Just a really, really good product. And uh, we've been carrying them for the last seven years at Pizza Forte, is when Pizza Forte started. And when the opportunity presented itself to do, you know, a grill or some sort of sausage concept, it was just a no-brainer. We're really happy with, with how it's performing and everything else that's going on over there. And what are the varieties of sausage you're selling there? Because I only had the Italian. What else do you have? So we're doing an Italian sausage with peppers and onions. We're doing a beer broth with caramelized onions and a their uh, Hoffman German brown mustard. We're doing a jalapeno cheddar, I'm sorry, a jalapeno sausage. It's got a jalapeno coleslaw. We're doing a cheddar stuffed sausage that we are doing with just a cheese sauce and bacon bits. Uh, we're doing a Chicago dog occasionally, and we're doing their quarter pound uh, all beef jumbo hot dog, which is 
spectacular. So I only tried one of those. I did the Italian. It was solid. Um, it's it's, it's kind of weird. You can't really dissect food that you ate at a game when right. you're trying to watch yeah. who's scoring. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I liked it, and it, it did. It was there was a nostalgia factor to it. So that that's all it really took for me. I I love it. And if you're around Section 104, um, go check out Pizza Forte at T-Mobile Arena. I also paid a visit to Chickies and Pete's um, on one of the first days of March Madness, scoping it out after sports handicapper and author Nolan Dalla included it on a list of best sports book bites he curated for Neon Feast. He did that for the last minute for me, put together five of them. He mentioned Chickies and Pete's. So I went over there. Actually, I wanted to see the Neon Feast truck going by out the window, too. There's a nice view of the thing. So I was excited that day. Um, but when I was sitting there, I decided... This is always the question. Do you go with the most over-the-top ridiculous dish you could find on a menu? Right? I'm almost a believer that when I see something that is just so freaking almost stupid looking, mm. that and, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to like that. But I order it anyway because right. I'm like, hey, yeah. let's see. It's this one of these things Vegas. made for Instagram, right? Yeah, made for Instagram. And, and by the way, these were both beautiful dishes. Everybody loved the way they looked on, on social media. <laughs> um, so I did this, right? So I ordered the ultimate crab fries. Now, Rich, you have, I don't know if I would call it a complaint, but you've been disappointed that when you went over there for crab fries, they were just kind of crab seasoning. Basically yeah, with old bay on them. Yeah, yeah with the, a little bit of cheese. Oh, sauce, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The, the seasoning off. of Baltimore yeah. called no, Philly. No, no yeah. protein. Yeah, yeah. They're the $9 version. Yeah. I got the $25 ultimate crab fries, and those come topped with crab meat, cheese mm. sauce, and I All right. Yeah. And I got to say, they were fucking good. <laughs> okay. I would, uh, I would uh, consider trying yeah. that. Yeah. Do that. I definitely highly recommend that. Now, when you see cheesesteak with lobster on it, don't do that. No. See, that's no. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. And it's I don't even blame them, right? Like, you should know going in. I knew going in it probably wasn't a good idea. I got it with the fried onions, with the cheese sauce, yeah. and with lobster meat, and I wasn't digging it. And that's 100% my fault. I should have known. You know, like, so, look, it, it, it. but you know what? It looked great on Instagram. <laughs> so if that's your jam, man, you guys Damn. have some fun with that. I, and the weird part was, I'm a I'm a ketchup on cheesesteak kind of guy. Right. And, like, you know, who wants to put ketchup on lobster, right? Like, it's Ugh, a little I don't. weird. I don't want to but... put anything on lobster but butter. Yeah. So, um, look, yeah. it was an over-the-top vegan thing and good for them i you know i'd still go back to chickies and pete's absolutely i'd just get a regular cheesesteak next time yeah um also dined at ada's which i said on social media is undoubtedly james tree's most interesting exciting sexy and smart restaurant mm -hmm. now that's not to put down the other restaurants as if they aren't wonderful because every anybody that listens to this knows that we kind of you know, blow smoke up James' ass every week because right. we love his, his shit so much. And we'll have him on later on this show. Yeah, in a rare media appearance, yeah, James will James be on this show. So you might want to phone the neighbors, wake the kids. Yeah, we'll have a bonus episode from James as well. But um, look, I just think Ada's is where you go when you want to talk about the food. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you go to his Italian restaurants when you want to talk to your dinner companions and catch up on life and just have great food behind you. Mm -hmm. But when you really want to dissect the dishes, talk about, oh man, I never had anything like this, do anything like that. I just think Ada's is a fucking brilliant restaurant. I agree. It needs I agree. more attention. Plus the, the the servers there are just stupendous. You know, they know their wines. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They become part of your experience. You know, I love Ada's as well. Yeah, really so that's in Tivoli Village, by the way. And, um, you know, they did a carrot dish that I actually kind of almost liked and carrots are my yeah, second boring, most hated boring. ingredient but they did good <laughs> carrots um and despite all the super smart dishes they did a great smash burger man i mean it's like almost a hangover level hangover oh, curry yeah. smash burger that was great um but i also i love their mussels i had a really interesting crudo mush um a variety of mushrooms in their croquettes there a gamba zaio over a soggy piece of bread which mm -hmm, is just awesome mm -hmm. and um their dessert chef over there man you know it almost, it, it hits a, their desserts hit this weird mark between a European style of dessert, which relies more on the fruit to cover it and, mm -hmm. and to, to be the sweetness, and an American style of dessert, which is just sugar, 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 right? right? They Damn. walk that line right in between those two, and I think they find a nice, nice balancing point there. Mm -hmm. So, man, big shout out to them. Uh, other places, Pier 215 Seafood, uh, good sashimi, other dishes okay, nothing against them, um, but I don't know that I'd be back. Gray's Kitchen opened. I missed their party and their meal, but I did swing by, did a little um, social media um, broadcasting for them. That day I had a flat tire, so I, I missed my oh. meal there, but uh, for if you're a... Um, 
If you're a plant-based dining person, Gray's Kitchen is over on Buffalo and Warm Springs. And um, John Simmons from Firefly is heavily involved in it. And I now I'm forgetting the name of the woman who's the main person there. I'm so sorry, Gray's Kitchen people. I will apologize to you next week, and I'll get that name. But I'm not going to stop and look it up right now. I do recommend you go over there. They're big on not having those faux meats, you right, know, like right. really respecting the ingredients while you go plant-based. Again, right next door to Graffiti Bow over there. So check them out, and I will be in for a meal, and I'll have more to talk about there. Okay, then there were the trade shows. And before they even got started, we spent a couple of hours Sunday night at Pizza Rock, where Tony Gemignani hosted a pre-expo gathering. And yeah, I mangled his name. I mangled everybody's <laughs> Every name. Every damn time. <laughs> and now that the worst of COVID pandemic is behind us, I asked him how the pizza business in general has weathered the storm. Pizza was almost COVID-proof. We, we, a lot of places did extremely well, actually. Um, did Pizza Rock get beat up? For sure. Did we, I mean, were we down millions? We were down millions. Yeah. Because... There's 200 and something seats that we couldn't fill for a very long time. You were also someone who said, I don't care what the government says I can open. I'm going to wait till I feel safe for my for customers. For sure. We employees. wanted to feel safe for our customers and our staff, our staff especially. I mean, we were through the grind in the middle of it, and it was tough. I mean, as an owner-operator, people are looking at you. The news is on. Next day they come in for work, what do we do? You're waiting for the health department to come in to give you some regulatory sanctions. You're like, okay, well, so can I do this? Can I do that? What can we do? What can't we do? We're getting beat up at the door because somebody's saying, I don't want to wear a mask. I'm from this state. You can't make me do it. So as an owner, you want to know the answers. You want to make the initiative. You want to, you know, you want to just fix it. When you can't fix it as an owner and you're just... You want it to just go away. It's 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 a bad burn, and uh, I think the guys out there that we had a pivot to doing specials, wine for a dime, family specials, anything we could do, stuff I was doing 30 years ago, that I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing it. You had a grind. You need to do, it. and I, and and that's what it was. I mean, it was a very dark time. Yeah. Um, so. And I think that that's part of the um, the celebration, the celebratory feeling in this room right now is. You know, because at the last Pizza Expo, I felt like people were happy to reconnect, but they weren't really celebrating, right? Yeah. But now people seem to be celebrating. Oh, yeah. People are really celebrating. So it, it's exciting times. It's, uh, it's a little scary there for a while, but no, I, I'm just happy that we're all here. We have said, and we will continue to say, that Las Vegas has some of the best pizza in the country. So I asked one of the best pizza makers in Las Vegas, Chris Decker of Metro Pizza, to name his top three go-to places besides his own places. I love Pop-Up. I love everything that Mike does. You know, I think his pizza is fantastic. That's where I go to eat pizza. I love it. Uh, I just love being there. And I think, I think it's really... a like an unsung hero of the city. I, you know, not a, enough people talk about it. And then, I, you know, you got to go see Vincent, I think. I think what he does is, is special, too. Vincent Rotolo, goodbye on Main Street. And then let's see, number three. Let me see, how am I going to end this? I mean, I wouldn't shy away from the pizza at Esther's. You know, I think I had that corn pudding pizza that he had, I, I, I still think about it. I re, when I ate that, I text James, I'm like, bro, we need to talk because I need this like in my life like a lot more. And I, I think that was really a, a beautiful pizza. That one stuck with me. I think it was probably two years ago that I had that, and I think about it quite a bit. Also, I dropped by the Slice Out Hunger Benefit on Monday night at Good Pie to do a little live streaming. That was a lot of fun. Um, again, man, that's, you know what I've been finding? Rich, I, I'm thinking you probably saw this even though you didn't come to Slice Out Hunger with me. You were at the Pizza Expo yeah. party. This year's Pizza Expo just seems to be a lot more fun. The the post mask Pizza Expo, I think, and the floor of the of the convention hall for all of the things that I was at this week, they were all like that, man. They were there's just a lot more fun, a lot more energy going on. Do you agree? Yeah, everybody just is happy to get out and get on a plane and get across the country or across the world to come and see their friends. Starting to feel normal again. Yes, so um, I'm, I'm feeling good about that. I'll tell you, man, that new hall over at the convention center, the big whooshy one. It's rather you know, large, that, isn't it? It's <laughs> big, but shit, that's where the pizza expo is. But then the, the um, bar and restaurant expo is all the way down in the south hall. So did you take the Tesla tunnel? 
to, to go between oh, the yeah, two. Yeah. I thought that only went to Resorts World. Does that go between the two halls? <laughs> That's no. its original destination is from the East Hall to the South uh, Hall. No, man. I walked it, man. That's why my feet are killing me. It's like walking <laughs> up and down the street, Technology. Strip, Look into it. Uh, I still haven't figured out the point of that Tesla tunnel, but maybe my feet would be hurting a little yeah. less, and I'd have Elon to thank for that. But when I did walk all the way back down to the um, South Hall to talk to the Restaurant and Bar Expo, I spoke to one of their representatives, and here's a clip of what he had to say. The first question I have to ask is, looking around this room, how are you feeling right now? Uh, pumped. I mean, this is exactly what we live for each year, is, is this uh, culmination of hard work throughout the year. So, delighted with the response. I mean, we've got a very strong audience here that's really eager to spend and learn and buy, so we couldn't be happy with the response. Could you explain for people the renaming of the show this year from nightclub and bar to bar and restaurant? Sure, no, happily. So the, the nightclub and bar show have been around for 35 years, and we've seen the, the nightclub audience diminish somewhat in, in recent years. So it begged the question, really, what was the true audience of this event? At the same time, we saw an increase or growth in food-related buyers. So food buyers, food service buyers, looking to look for new opportunities in the industry. So it seemed appropriate to change the name to reflect the audience that we actually represent. Uh, we still have a very strong contingent of nightclubs, nightlife, bars, etc. But I think we're starting to see a big growth in restaurants, and that's where our, our, our big focus is in future years. Hence the name brand, or the name change, to, to make sure we were in line with the audience representation. And also, just to clarify, first of all, thank you for that. That makes a lot of sense. And I am still seeing, by the way, a lot of um, Wild Spirits brands out there and Fire Dancers. So the nightclub world is still represented here, right, you would say? Absolutely. No, it's, it's absolutely represented here 100%. I mean, the beverage brands are super important. So what we've simply done, we've taken the audience we've represented before under nightclub and bar, and we're simply building on top of that. We're widening it. We're not replacing it. We've just seen a smaller traction or a slower traction with nightclubs in recent years. Doesn't mean they're not here. They are still here in big numbers, but we're seeing just that, that mix of beverage um, as well as now some of these food brands as well coming in. So beverage is still massively strong. Food is increasing in size and importance, and uh, we continue to hit both of them very, very hard. But beyond that, you've had the chance to walk the floor. I know it's day one, but you know everybody here, and I'm sure you've watched them set up and all of that fun stuff. What are the trends? What is out there on that floor today that we're going to be seeing in our neighborhood restaurants and bars within the next year? I mean, the, the big thing every year is innovation. I think this year is even more important because the, the, the effect of COVID has really accelerated a lot of the innovation here. So you'll see robotics on our floor. You know, labor has been a big, big issue and will continue to be for the foreseeable future. So robots, you know, robot servers, uh, seems like a thing of the future, but it's not. It's actually, you know, present day. So you are going to see in restaurants, you know, going out for, for dinner or for lunch, you're going to see robots there. Not only robot bartenders, but robot servers and... Uh, that sort of thing. So, I mean, that's one trend we're starting to see a lot of. And I think otherwise, it's really this combination of the non-alcohol segment as well. That's huge. So, again, part of the reason of our co-location with World Tea Expo is this change in, in, in thinking consumer-wise. Now, the alcohol trends are, are very strong still, and COVID's seen that continue. So that's not going to go away anytime soon. But what we are seeing is a change, big focus on health and wellness. How can you know, consumers look at alternative products that maybe have the same effect in terms of the socialization, but allow them to, to drink less alcohol, be more focused on their health, their wellness, and, and their well-being. So I think those two are very, very big trends we're seeing that we will see everywhere in the foreseeable future. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations on the show. I'm glad to have you back. I'm, I'm just excited about the energy, both at the Pizza Expo pre-parties I've been to, being on the floor of your show. There's an energy that Vegas has not seen for a while in this hall, and I just want to thank you for bringing that back. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks for being here and supporting us, and we, we look forward to seeing you again. Coming up, James Trees has big plans for the Arts District, and they include groceries and French cuisine. But first, I actually spent my St. Patrick's Day in an Italian restaurant, Buddy V's in the Grand Canal Shops. I was there because its namesake owner, Chef Buddy Velastro, was in town for the holiday. And while he was here, he and I sat down for a nice little chat about, actually a nice long chat, to be honest, about his birthday, his health, his existing restaurants, and two new concepts he has coming to the link. This is Food and Loathing. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As I mentioned, I spent St. Patrick's Day at Buddy V's, the excellent Italian-American restaurant in the Grand Canal shops that's actually a collaboration between the Cake Boss, local restaurateur Elizabeth Blau, and Blau's husband, Chef Kim Cantinwala. They were all there at the party, so it was great catching up with all of them. And prior to the party, Buddy and I had a little chat. First things first, apparently a lot of birthdays in your family right now. You just said your mother-in-law's birthday, but I know it was just your birthday, so happy birthday. Absolutely. So we got a lot of birthdays uh, in a row. So we start with my son Marco. Is, well, Carlo is Valentine's Day. Then Marco's the 26th of February. Then I'm March 3rd. My wife's March 9th. My mother-in-law is um, the 17th, which is today. And then uh, my daughter, Sophia, is the 23rd of April. Wow. So... I want to talk about yours because you kind of set the internet on fire with a cake photo. (laughs) And of all of the cake photos that we've seen from you, this was maybe the most unlikely one, but I think it was very heartwarming. So tell us about the birthday cake that you received this year. Well, every year uh, since I've been married, my wife always wants to make a cake for me for my birthday. And over the years, she's gotten progressively better at it, you know, and she makes a a box mix cake mix, you know, this regular uh, Duncan Hines or Betty Crocker. And she upped it by doing a four tier, right? She learned to get some supplies from the bakery, like the pegs and stuff, so the cake wouldn't collapse. But the way she decorated it was, and it was kind of weird. She asked me like four days before my birthday, she's like, what did you eat as a kid? Like what junk food? And I remember going to this candy store and uh, like before school and it, w- it was called the candy store. And, um, you know, I would get they would have, you know, wise potato chips and they would have like um, yo-yos and ho-hos and, and ring dings and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a throwback to the junk food that I used to get. I used to get the quarter drinks, too. I don't know if everybody remembers like those little grenade things they were like different flavors but it was the quarter drink and it was a quarter um you didn't find any of those but it was just uh, awesome to see that well you know what i like about it i mean first of all it's just great that your wife makes a cake for you and you know i mean it's it's very nice it shows what a family guy you are it also illustrates something that as a food writer i've noticed that no matter how big a snob somebody is they all have their own guilty pleasures that they think are okay, but then they look down on other people's guilty pleasures, right? That seems to be a foodie world. And I like seeing you talk about your wife using a cake mix and, and decorating it with junk food from your childhood because food is really all, all about memories, isn't it? hundred percent, you know, um, and, and look, I'm the type of person that I eat, I'll try anything, whether it might seem more commercial or it might seem more this or more that. Listen, if you grow up eating Twinkies and Ho-Hos, when you eat one, there's a little bit of nostalgia there, right? You know, um, I don't ever frown upon anybody who eat whatever you like. If you would like to get, you know, Domino's pizza, that's your thing, that's good. You know what I'm trying to say? Like everything, or Papa John's, or, or you come to Pizza Cake. For me, it's, it's as long as you're happy with the food, it's what you think is right. And that's the thing, too. People don't understand what palates. Palates are subjective. If you always had your pizza, right, and I'm using pizza because pizza is probably one of my favorite foods. And in traveling the country, I always tried to 
eat pizza. It was always like the safe bet because even bad pizza is not that bad, right? You could right. you could scoff down a, a bad slice of pizza. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So um, when you go to different parts of the country, they don't cook the pizza as much. It's more, it's softer. It's a little more floppy. Like New York, the the crust has got to be you know crispy. When you take a bite, it's got to have that crunch. It's all about what you're used to. If yeah. this was the way your mom made spaghetti, that's the way you think spaghetti should be made. If this is the way the local pizzeria in your neighborhood made it, you think it's the best. That's what you grew up with. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell people, I, I encourage people to try what is declared the best or the, the finest or the proper one. I think we should all try it. We should all have that as a base of experience. But then, again, there is no adjusting for palates. There's no adjusting for taste. That's got to be really challenging when you do Italian-American cuisine, which is the most, in my personal opinion, just one guy's opinion, but I, be, I, have, I believe it has the most memories attached to it. People that come from big Italian families, and I guess every nationality has their own. So maybe I just move within you know, Italian-American circles more, right? Exactly. But everybody talks about their grandmother's sauce. Everybody talks about their grandmother's meatballs. I mean, this is just something that goes you know, worldwide, I feel, or at least nationwide in America. So how tough is it for you when somebody, you know, to, to, to know that you are stepping in for people's grandmothers when you're making this stuff? Well, listen, I think it's a double-edged sword, too. And, 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 I, and I don't think it's only me. I think it's every single celebrity chef or, or, or chef gets the same critique. You know, people come in here and they expect a certain expectation of what they think they're going to taste, right? And whether their grandmother's meatballs were better or worse, it, it's all interpretive, right? You know, where some people, um, for me, I do things the way that I feel like take meatballs, Right, I don't like it. For me, a meatball has to have a little bit of softness to it. And why? Because authentic meatballs to me was my grandmother would cut the meatballs with bread because they didn't have money for meat. Like it, the, the real base of Italian cooking is peasant food. Yeah. So my grandmother had, you know, eight kids. She didn't have money. She made pasta all the time. When she would make meatballs, she would, you know, cut it with bread and it was actually a little more tender to the fork, right? She used to use Wonder Bread and she used to soak it in milk and squeeze it out. And man, you're bringing back memories yeah, here. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, but, but that's the truth of it. So that's what I want people to taste. I want people to understand that's the way I ate my meatballs. I loved them. I remember on a uh, Sunday morning watching my mom make them. And then she would look me in the eye as she was frying them. She would smash one down and just fry the whole thing. And then, she, you know, just a little bit of salt. And I would pop it down, you know, before the meal. And it's those memories that you, when people come to Buddy V's, that's what I want them to, to, to take out. I want them to remember the smell of that Sunday morning of the garlic and the meatballs frying up and really feel um, at home. And I think you, I think you achieve that very much so. But there's always going to be that person that comes in. It's like, oh, well, this isn't what my grandmother's meatballs tasted like, right? Listen, you're never going to make everybody happy. And and again, you know, look, if 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 people come in here and they enjoy the meal, look, grandma's a high standard to beat, <laughs> yeah. right? And the way I love my grandmother, everybody feels connected with their own families and their own like where you were located right if you grew up in boston you think that this is the best or if you grew up in new york you think this is the best or california or you know so it's not only family but it's geographically right of what you think things should certainly be so I can't not mention that we are recording this on St. Patrick's Day. So I'm in an Italian restaurant on St. Patrick's hey. Day, and you're you're having a shindig here tonight. What? So tell me about that. What you're doing? How you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Well, you know, look, I love coming to Vegas. Every time I come, um, I'm so proud of the whole Buddy V's team. They all work so hard, and they really are the essence of what my vision they make my vision come to life so tonight we're going to be celebrating we're going to have you know um different guests come in we're going to kind of do like a buffet we're going to definitely have some classics i'm sure we might throw in a little bit of corned beef and cabbage because <laughs> we love it right and, and and we love we love the irish and we love saint patty's day and we love celebrating so 
we're just going to have some great music. We're going to have some great food. We're going to be entertaining. And then uh, after the event, I'm going to host a little dinner because it's my mother-in-law's birthday tonight. <laughs> so that should be fun. Cool. Um, you mentioned pizza cake. And I, I'm trying to remember the timing because the last two years have sort of been a blur for all of us. Of course. Uh, but I think you kind of opened pizza cake just at the start of the pandemic, right? And <laughs> how has that played out for you? <laughs> I mean... It couldn't have been a worse time to open. <laughs> we opened February before the pandemic. Oh, and then, you know, March hit and then we were closed and it was like, what, what's going on? But you know what? Listen, I believe in Vegas. I believe in Vegas coming back stronger than ever. Um, I'm so proud of the product that we're putting out there. I was actually, I went there, I landed and I was like, I, you know what, I was starving. I went and grabbed the slice. But the dough is so airy and light, and it's got just a crispness to it. And it's not because it's, it's my pizzeria. We really wanted to put out the best possible product. And, and when we came up with that, you know, my father owned the pizzeria in New Jersey for like 30 years. I worked with, um, you know, Julio, who's a pizza master, and myself, putting all that knowledge together, all the, like, the baking and the fermentation process. You know, we do like a three-day fermentation process on the dough. And I think that once it hits that hot oven, man, it poofs up and it's light and it's crispy. Um, and, and, you know, you actually, we built it for the reheat, right? We built it like typical New York style so that, like, you want to reheat it, right? right? So you make it, you know, it sits there for half an hour or so. You pull a slice and then it's, it's built for the reheat. People don't realize what goes into it, you know, and then trying to translate it into Vegas because it's a lot drier, you know, it's a lot more humid in New York, um, but we were able to really get the hydration right on the dough and the fermentation process. And I feel like we put out a product here like you would get in a New York pizzeria or New Jersey pizzeria. This is going to um, probably air during my Pizza Expo episode at yeah, the tail end of the I'm Pizza Expo. Are pizza you going? Expo. That's yeah, what I want to ask. Yeah, Have you course. been before? What do you think about that event? Um, I think the Pizza Expo is amazing. You know, uh, I, I'm going to be attending it more now that I'm in the pizza game and, and starting to do more with it. But um, I, I think it's great because like the Baker's Convention, it's, it's everybody kind of showing the new things, what they're doing, what are the new toppings. Pizza has, a, pizza has evolved. Right, and, it, and there's so much, you know, the craze with the Detroit. Um, I actually, I have a new pizza that I'm that I'm going to be launching soon. Um, it's gonna, it, I'm, I'm coining it bakery pizza, and it's kind of like a pan pizza. It's 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 a cross between, let's call it a Sicilian and a focaccia, okay. and and I'm topping it. I'm doing it kind of upside down, so I'm going to top it with mozzarella and provolone, so you get that nice sharpness. And then I'm going to top it with this, like, zesty tomato sauce. A lot more zesty than, like, what we would do with pizza cake. Because for me, it's the marriage, like, pizza cake, the marriage of the balance of cheese to sauce to bread. And, and you make the ingredients really to starve it by using good, fresh ingredients. But this, we're going for a kick. And when you eat this bakery pizza, it's so light and crispy in your mouth and and you know you get a big wedge of it it doesn't feel like a pile of lead like sometimes you get those sicilian gita slice you're like oh my god i gotta i gotta go in the corner i gotta i gotta hide out for a little bit this pizza is light and fluffy and airy um and i'm gonna be doing it at uh i got a new spot open in a link soon uh called the boss cafe oh so give me some details on that when's that opening up um i think mid-april so it's gonna be at the link mid-april and um, just really the star of the show are two, two things. That bakery-style pizza that I'm coining, that I've been working on and, and stuff like that. But then we're going to make the most mouth-watering fresh mutts. Jersey mutts. Now, mutts is mozzarella, but in Jersey we call it mutts. All right? M-U-Z-Z. All right? Or M-O-Z-Z. M-O-Z-Z. And... It is creamy, dreamy. You know, you put that on a roast beef sandwich with uh, spicy peppers, and I'm going to be using that same bakery-style pizza. So I'm cutting it in half and making a sandwich out of it, too. So I'm, like, double-purposing what I'm doing here because it's so light. But everything is all fresh mutts, and and it's going to be pretty cool. Sounds cool. Um, man, you got a lot going on because I keep thinking all the things I need to talk to you about. Among them that I'm thinking is the 
I get a kick every time, even though I'd known you were doing it for a while. Every time I walk through a casino and see a vending machine oh. with your cake in it, right? And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot he was doing this, right? This is so cool. Talk a bit about those vending machines. How many do you have around Las Vegas? And um, for those who might be a little wary of getting fresh cake out of a vending machine, explain the process and how it works. Absolutely. Um, so we have about a dozen vending machines throughout Las Vegas. And the machines are filled daily. Now, what we did in the vending machines, we used map packaging, which is atmospheric uh, packaging. So basically, we seal it and we nitrogen flush it. So it's like you ever get a steak that could sit in the refrigerator for 30 days because it doesn't oxidize because it's airtight and stuff like that? Well, that's what we did to these cake slices. Not that a cake slice would ever sit there for 30 days because <laughs> right. we fill it daily. Right. But... Um, the trick with the vending machine is if you get it, you have to let it come to room temperature, right? And if people say, oh, it tastes hard or whatever, that's because we have it refrigerated so that it doesn't spoil. But if you let it sit out for like 20 minutes and get it to room temperature, or even if you're impatient, stick it in a microwave quick, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, for like 10 seconds, yeah. it, is, it is our moist, delicious cake. I mean, this cake is still made... Um, you know, same recipes that we do, no preservatives in it. Uh, it's all in Europe. That's what they do. They're really big on packaging. So it's how they package the stuff, right? And how they seal it. And, and they basically know how much oxygen, how much carbon dioxide, how much nitrogen you could set it so that it's not gonna it's not gonna spoil, right? Well, I mean, again, spoil without putting preservatives in. It. Yeah, and that's the key, right? I mean, anybody can make a Twinkie last forever. Exactly. But, you know, making a yeah. good cake that's good for you, or as good as yeah. cake can be for you, that's forever. <laughs> Listen, it ain't sugar-free. I'm not going to sit here and try to say that it's like, the, you know, a fat-free slice or anything like that, because it's not. But I can tell you that, you know, it's it's simple ingredients. It's butter, it's sugar, and, you know, you read the, the ingredients, that's what we're using on it. There is no preservatives in it. And honestly... We really been really successful with it, and we're excited to do more with that. We have I have some you know we're the idea is that it's what's vending machine is is a bad word to say because when you look at it, it doesn't look like a vending machine. It looks like an automated retail. It's like a mini little bakery, and you can sell cookies. You know we have cookies in there. We have um, uh, we have cake slices. You could sell whole cakes in there. So it just depends on kind of what the evolution is and what we're going to be putting in there. But we got big plans for those, and we're going to be putting them uh, throughout the country. Cool. Um, and I get to try one just because I don't live that close to a casino. So I would be eating it on the casino floor while it was still cold, right? And that's not how you're supposed to eat those. So. Yeah, I mean, again, too, you know, uh, some people don't mind it. It's up, to, it's up to you. But I personally tell people, it says it on the machine, too. You know, we keep it refrigerated so that it keeps the integrity of the slice and then, you know, the, everything doesn't spoil. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's been, you know, we've been doing well with it, thank God. I mean, you know, this is Vegas. I could just see myself, especially after a trip to the dispensary, back up in the room, get the munchies, go down to the lobby, get 30, a cake. 30% <laughs> of our sales are from midnight to 6 a.m. So yeah. the, you, you said a mouthful, you get it. You yeah, know. no, that's that's how I would do it, man. Yeah. Um, health-wise, how's your hand, man? The health, you know, the hand is pretty good. I actually, it's funny, I went to the doctor the other day. I do need one more surgery because my finger, if you look at it, is still a little crooked. This middle finger is a yeah. little, like, goes to the right. She's going to fix that. And then other than that, I mean, you know, I don't think, I mean, I got my strength. I'm probably not going to be a hand model, but, you know, considering what the hell happened, yeah. I'm a lucky guy. Well, are you still bowling? I am. I could bowl, actually, believe it or not. Um, and and my average is still the same. So it really hasn't affected my – I had to get my balls redrilled because – yeah, <laughs> You had to get your balls back to go back yeah. to bowling after that accident, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, my, my thumb got really – what people don't realize is, yeah, I had a, a spike through my hand. But because the mechanism went back and forth, it rolled my thumb. It shattered my whole thumb. So – my 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 uh, thumb doesn't open as much as it used to, right? It doesn't go as far back, so you know um, 
that's why I had to get the bowl redrilled. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better, and I'm glad that you can still bowl. That's, that's yeah, cool. Listen, I love bowling. Uh, yeah, and you have lanes. Did you tell me you have lanes in your house, I have right? Lanes in the house. And again, look, I, 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 it was one stupid mistake that I made. That you know, again, I've been back there a thousand times. You know, I, I love bowling. I'm not mad at the lanes. You know, <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? You know, it could have been worse. Thank God, shit happens, and. Um, you know, you learn a lesson. I ain't, I ain't going back there again. So, right. um, now I'm trying to think all the other things I wanted to touch on. I guess next, what's going on TV wise for you? You doing? You recording anymore? You shooting anything more with Duff? What are you guys doing? I, I got a couple new things coming up. Uh, I'm really not. I can't, <laughs> I can't talk, talk about yet. Yeah, but about. I got. But I, I got some. I got, I got some big things coming in the next uh, this year. I'm going to okay. be doing a lot of television, a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Um, you know, so. I'll just end it at that. I can't really. Okay, no, I'll let you go. I'll yeah, let you go with that, man. I'm sorry. Anything I else? Have, I do have another concept open in, in links, too. It's called Buddy's Jersey Eats. And basically, it's um, it's like Jersey street food or carnival food. So we're going to have, like, Zeppelis. We're going to have, like, the Jersey Ripper, which is a deep-fried hot dog. Uh, we're going to have the old sausage, like a sausage sandwich. Um, and we're going to do like deep fried Oreos. I'm not Oreos. I'm deep fried rainbow cake. What am I saying? Oreos. Yeah. So deep fried rainbow cake and, um, deep fried rainbow cookies. Like, you know, like the seven layer, like the, the, the red, white and green cookies. So we're going to do some stuff like that. And it's, it's like a food truck right outside the promenade at the link too. So it's going to be, it's inside the link, but it is like that food truck there. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to open that soon, too. So two new things at the link coming up. Two new things at the link, and we're excited about it. I'm going to put you on the spot here now, and I'm not even going to edit this out. You can tell me to piss off if you yeah. want to. but um, So you're doing Jersey Rippers. Jersey Rippers are fine as far as hot dogs go. But what about a Dickie D's Newark-style hot dog, man? Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> he knows He knows what a Dickie D's is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Listen, I love that. You know, the trick is getting the right bread. Can yeah. we get that bread that kind of like, you know, it's kind of, it, it almost like it looks like a big donut, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and... But, yeah, I love an Italian dog from there and stuff like that. If I could get the bread, why the hell not? You know, that that would totally kill it. Well, if you get if you start doing an Italian hot dog, and for those who don't know, an Italian hot dog is um, fried potatoes, fried onions and peppers, peppers. fried hot dogs, oh, yeah. ketchup and mustard, the mm-hmm. whole deal. And it's either Dickie D's or Jimmy Clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? No, Dickie D's. I know yeah. exactly where you're talking about. We've been there plenty of times. But the Jersey Ripper is, is pretty is pretty good too. They are awesome. You know, when you, you know, I yeah, have to throw in a request. No, listen, I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, the trick is going to be getting the bread. Could we get that bread out of here or make that bread out of here? Okay. Well, if you ever do that, you call me you first. Call I want the deal. first one, man. Deal, deal. Um, other than that, Chef, congratulations on everything, man. Thanks so much for chatting with me. Always a pleasure, my brother. Thank you so much. News is next. This is Food and Loathing. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's time for the news, and there are some big, big changes that are coming to Main Street in California, thanks to one of our favorites on this show, James Trees of Esther's Kitchen, Al Salito Posto, and Ada's Wine Bar. Esther's is moving next door. We're making a French bistro. We're going to open the Italian grocery and Ada's Rocks. The venerable nostalgia shop on Main Street, Retro Vegas, is closing. So James is buying the building to house a new version of Esther's. While I saw the story first in the Review Journal, James was quick to point out that it was actually John Curtis who broke the news, so let's make sure we give credit where credit is due, in this case to John. But we don't have to rely on either of them because we actually spoke to James at the Pizza Expo kickoff party thrown by Tony G., Among the many things James told us is that the move into the new space will take at least a year, which will include turning the Karen Esters space into a classic French restaurant. 
James tells us that on the scale of casual to fine dining, it'll land somewhere between Monomiga B and Bardot Brasserie, without attempting to venture into the stratosphere of a joint like Guy Savoie or Robichon. That, of course, begs the question of what this new French restaurant will be called. The original French restaurant here in Vegas before even Andre's opened was called The Aristocrat. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. going to be called Le Aristocrat. L apostrophe aristocrat. The aristocrat. Yeah. 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 The classy stuff. Classy. Like the Talier. So are you going to come before or after the Talier alphabetically now? Uh, before. Before them. Before. Yes. Very, very, yeah. Because the I, yeah. Thank God. Uh, so be ready for a new larger Esters, an Italian grocery, and a French bistro coming to the Arts District next year. I got to say, guys, when you hear the aristocrat, most of yeah. us do not think of a classic Las Vegas French restaurant. Most of us think of a dirty joke, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, 100%. yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and, and a feel... Netflix special about it from yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, produced by Penn Gillette. So I yeah. feel like maybe James and Penn should get together oh, and there. do oh, some dirty comedy there. That Clearly brothers from another mother. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> or or James is Penn's love child, because it's about that age difference. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not <laughs> making any speculation about, no, no, I'm shutting up. No, right we now. don't want to think about either of them. And, uh, I've been, you know, like a lot of us, you, you can't not pay attention to the news and what's going on on the other side of the world and how it is affecting and going to affect us. And, and one of the things that we talk about a lot here is uh, restaurants and morality and legality and, and, and such. And so many great famous American restaurant chains are in Russia and some have closed and some have not. And it's kind of complicated. And I, I went to uh, several sites to try to bring us a little summary. Okay. McDonald's has shut down its Russian operations because it owns almost all of the restaurants in Russia. So it's an easy thing. Right. But all of a sudden there is a new chain coming to Russia in those spaces, nearly identical logo, it's going to be called Uncle Vanya Burgers. It won the approval of Parliament. And I'll tell you how that works in a sec. Mm-hmm. Burger King is a different story because its Canadian parent company would like to close its 800 restaurants in Russia. But a Russian company is the majority owner of the Russian operations. And they say, no, we're staying open. So what Burger King is doing is suspending corporate support, cutting the supply chain. So eventually the Russian Burger Kings won't have Burger King branded French fry Right. containers right. and cups and things like that. And also the Burger King himself will not be traveling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. He's, he's, he's been PNG'd. Burger Court, <laughs> the Court of that's, the King. That's persona. He, he's, he's a scary looking dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, same kind of deal for uh, Jimmy John's, which has 200 stores, uh, all of which are owned by individual Russian operators, so they're staying open. Mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts has 21 stores. They're all franchise-owned, so they're not closing. Yeah, but they could tell the franchisees to fuck they off, have. can't they? Okay. They've told them to, but then they just say fuck off back again. Right, okay. And whatever so that yeah, is so in it's Russia. not a Dunkin' Donuts, though. Yeah. Then. Starbucks has a, a licensed partner in Russia, which has shut down its 130 stores and continues to pay its workers. No comment from Seattle about if the parent company is helping support that licensee with those uh, wages or not, but I wouldn't be surprised. That's interesting. Because, you know, that's how Starbucks rolls a lot of times, despite the the grief it gets from some places. Subway, 450 stores, all owned by franchisees. The corporate office says it's still in business. Subway says it has limited insight into how those are run. And so the Russian law also makes it completely impossible for them to withdraw from their franchise agreements. Same thing with Yum Brands, the parent of KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. Now, here's the thing about the Russian laws. It's pretty much what Putin's people say the law is today. (laughs) Check back tomorrow. Russia has suspended its intellectual property laws for U.S. and other foreign companies, which means we could see Captain Ahab Coffee and Boris Sigurovich Pizza (laughs) and the already announced Uncle Vanya Burgers. Western companies have no recourse on that. So uh, they're trying the free market when it's making you rich. And, you know, then you can't really be so gung-ho that you, yeah, whatever. Well, they're Fuck. trying. Yeah. But no, they can't and the because the, the, the franchise users Right, saying, so basically, you know, but let's be honest, they're being robbed. They're being stolen. Yeah. Be, it's intellectual property ripoff, and yep. that's what Russia is doing. Let's make it clear that when Russia's decided that, that when they want to just fucking, yeah. pri- you know, the government takeover of private industry, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And that's the guy that your boy, um, Tucker, is such a fan of, I think. Right? <laughs> so, um, okay, yeah, free market. Boy? Let's go. I'm looking back. Who's boy? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, man. Um, yeah, enough. Enough. Yeah. Um, yes, that. But um, hey, here's some news that I've been waiting for ever since I noticed that um, I quietly noticed that Chef Joe Swan wasn't cooking over at Al Salito Posto anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think we can now assume that his departure from that kitchen, as I was hoping, had something to do with the fact that his old boss, Michael Simon, is getting ready to reopen Mabel's Barbecue when the Palms reopens this spring. I haven't had the chance to speak to anyone in person about it, but in a press release issued by the Palms, Simon said, Mabel's Barbecue at Palms holds a special place in my heart, and I'm beyond excited to get going again. Hiring team members, creating new signature menu items, and building upon the appeal of the restaurant with the locals and the tourists. Get excited. We are coming back on day one with many great new experiences to come. So I'm hoping to chat with them soon. Everybody wants to know what that means for Sarah's mm-hmm. in the back room, right. which was you know, a little ahead of its time, I think, or maybe right on the time of people opening those kind of speakeasy, high-end throwback restaurants. I'd love to see it come back. I had great food at Sarah's when I was there. Totally. So um, that's all cool. Other news that we have, Brandon Powers. I'm, uh-huh. I get some of my How news this from, yeah. from Facebook this morning as we're recording. Brandon Powers posting that... Um, Bestowed upon him by the city of Las Vegas, Friday, March 25th, is now officially Brandon Powers Day. So, guys, this is airing on Friday, March 25th. No, is that? The <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Brandon Powers Happy Brandon Day, Powers everybody. Day. And the celebrations are at Evil Pie, which is in the city of Las Vegas, right? Uh, yes, it is. And to celebrate anyone showing the, his post to the amazing Evil Pie staff, we'll get a free beer and a slice of cheese pizza from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Evil Pie. And he has also declared all pants optional on Brandon Powers Day. So, <laughs> no, they, they, they're not having it at the Golden Tiki, which is not in the city. Not it's in, in the city Clark County. Place. And I can just, the image of Carolyn Goodman opening a porthole to the dick pics is not <laughs> yeah. something that we want to see or even think about. Sorry, I put that in your brain. Does she have a shrunken head over there? Not, I don't know. Not, you Oscar do, Al. I do. Yes, yes you I do. do. Yeah. Damn it. Um, other stuff just coming up Thursday, March um, 31st. I will be on Channel 3 talking about food at 12.30 p.m., so tune in to the news that day. So we have that going on. That's cool. Now it is time for our edibles review. I know this is why Rick comes to that. Let's us come to his house, house, yeah. I'm pretty sure Rick can get his own edibles. He doesn't need that. Um, These are from Dreamland. I have reviewed their... um, their little chocolate and peanut butter cups in the past yeah. with Lindsay you like Stewart, those, right? Yeah. I like oh, those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I got these the other day over at Zen Leaf, and compared to the cereal bar we had last week that was impossible to, or I'm sorry, the chocolate bar we had last week the that Incredibles. was impossible to open, the Incredibles, Incredibles. which we liked, but yeah. a, a bitch to open. Yeah, hard this to get one to. just comes in one of the typical annoying Ziploc bags right. that I can never make work. Once you get it, it's actually, this bar is actually in like classic foil as if you're getting like a Godiva chocolate nice. or something, right? Yeah, it is so pretty, open pretty it up. Now, take a quick look. You can see I had one of those last night. Uh, these are called cereal milk cinnamon sugar bites. Huh. So I don't really know if there's any chocolate in them. They're um, they're a little larger than the squares we had last week. Yeah. They're almost yeah. like a domino tile, a little smaller than a domino tile, uh, rectangular in size. Bigger than a Scrabble tile. Yeah, definitely bigger than a Scrabble tile and rectangular. There's 10 milligrams of THC in each. Definitely big enough that you could bite off a really small portion if you wanted to. Um, They got stars on them. They got moons on them. They got the THC warning. And then you eat them. And that's the question, Rick. You're already eating this. What do you think as I take another bite? I had one last night. Well, because they're so large, you don't have that uh, apparent, you know, um, cannabis flavor. Sometimes you... Some I don't I don't mind it generally speaking, you know, because mm-hmm. I like that taste. Right. You know, it's, if if it's balanced, it's got a nice little crunch. It's very simple. It's like eating white chocolate, which is not my favorite or go-to. So mm-hmm. it's um, and I don't get too much cinnamon either. A little bit. I uh, see. Now I'm a guilty pleasure that I like white chocolate, right? And I understand chocolate purists, my friends who make chocolate. I've toured cacao farms in South American people or Central American people yell at me for liking white chocolate. I get it. That's a guilty pleasure of mine. This doesn't taste like white chocolate. This tastes like almost a sickening sweet thing that you would sprinkle on top of your ice cream at one of those over the top places, right? It's just it's there's a to me it tastes like breakfast cereal yeah. as a, as they advertise. Like a like a children's breakfast cereal. I mean, honestly, I feel like I should be watching Pee Wee's Playhouse after I eat this. Um, so I'm not a fan. It's just too sweet. Too oh. sweet. I didn't mind it. 
Well, okay. Nope. Well, you can keep a few of these at least. I'm going to take one Dodge or two. Dodge warning home about me. the cops coming. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is it for this episode of Food and Loathing. Thanks to all of our guests, Buddy Velastro, James Trees, Mimo Ferraro, Tony Gemignani, which, man, I'm so sorry, Tony, I'm Italian, I mess that up every time, Chris Decker, and Tim McLucas of the Restaurant and Bar Expo, if I did not give him proper credit on the way in. Tim, you rock. Thank you for hosting me. If you want to hear more from James, Chris, and Tony, um, well... Didn't bring this up before we got here, but Rich, you think you have time to cobble together a leftovers episode this week? Because I think yeah. that conversation with James talking, um, that that's really solid talking yeah, about. So all where this we said, how you're going, how's it doing, James? And then 20 minutes later, we talk again. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put that together. Yeah, well, that's easy. <laughs> which which Rich, by the way, forgot to hit record on. Uh, Luckily, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, doing no, backup. You backup. Because back James up. came yeah. to the table with a shot of whiskey, and we all got flustered. Oh, so, that's, that's yeah, perfect. Yeah. I'm a cheap drunk, and the one shot, I just forgot how to. I'm heavy machinery. So anyway, you have that to look forward to. A Leftovers episode, if it's not on your phone right now, look for it in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And tell a friend about Food and Loathing. Spread the word on social media. Find all the handles at Al's website, thenehanmohawk.com. And reach us direct by email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. And if you haven't done it yet, download the Neon Feast app. Use it to find your next dining destination, your fine dining, your takeout, your neighborhood, your great views, your video poker, whatever you need, you will find it at the Neon Feast. Including reviews by Rick Moon and Rick. Hey, man. Thank you for contributing to that. I love the app. I think it's great. It's a one-stop shop for absolutely everything. And it's the real deal, you know. You want a real recommendation? Go to the neon, neon, neon feast. The big feast. Thank yeah. you, sir. With producer Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry. Yeah.